Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. All right, Caroline. So, uh, bring back the Tassie tiger. Is it thylacine or thylacine? Thylacine, you... yes. All right, <laughs> bring back the thylacine. Thylacine, yes. I, I know that Jimmy Aiken has talked about this sometimes on Mysterious Worlds. He, yeah. he, he refers to it sometimes, but Caroline, let's hear your take on bringing back the Tassie tiger. Go for it. All right, so the Tasmanian tiger was a real animal, okay, not like the drop bear. <laughs> that... <laughs> One of the previous episodes of Mysterious World. So this is really interesting. This is the idea of bringing back a species that's gone extinct back to life, okay? So so the steps are being taken by the University of Melbourne to attempt to bring back the Tasmanian tiger from extinction. They the reason they can do this is because they've recently been given a 5 million dollar philanthropic gift which they're going to use to establish the Thylacine Integrated Genetic Restoration Research Lab, or TIGER, for short, T-I-G-R-R, for short. The aim uh, will be to develop technologies to potentially bring back species from extinction, but also to help safeguard other marsupials and mammals from becoming extinct as well. Unfortunately, in Australia, over the past 200 years, at least 39 mammal species have become extinct in Australia. And I'm sure that we haven't heard of a lot of those, right? Um, Unfortunately, you know, um, there's been a lot of deforestation, bushfires, drought, you know, mining, you know, Australia's been ravaged quite a lot by natural and unnatural processes. And obviously this has an effect on, you know, the animals living in the environment. Yeah, to the point where even koalas are under threat now as well. Koalas I mean, are under threat. Who, who would too. have thought <laughs> koalas? Well, we had massive bushfires, and yeah, that really has yeah. ripped through um, their habitat, especially on places like Kangaroo Island. There were big parts of the Blue Mountains in New yes, South yeah. Wales ravaged. Um, these are places we hadn't heard of big bushfires mm. before. That's right. So, um, yes, they are under threat now, which is really sad. Um, you can mess so with a lot of things, but don't mess with our drop bears, all right? Don't, no. don't touch them. We love those bitey we, we things. We do. Bitey furry animals. So the thylacine was a carnivorous marsupial, which was widespread throughout Australia. And if you can imagine like maybe a little, almost like a dog sort of, almost, mm-hmm. uh, very small with, you know, kind of a tan color, stripes down its back. That's why it's called a um, tiger, Tasmanian tiger. Um and yeah, the marsupial, amazing animals, marsupials, you know, they have little pouches and, you know, like kangaroos and mm. they feed their babies with milk in their pouch. Um, oh, that is so cool. That is yes. So easy. Yes. Monotremes are even more amazing because they lay eggs and they're mammals. But anyway, wow. um, yeah. that's wow. Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, by the time Europeans arrived in Australia in the 18th century, think Captain Cook, 1788 and all, you know, colonization happening, um, the Tassie tiger was already confined to Tasmania. So by then it, it wasn't really on the mainland. Um, unfortunately, 
the newcomers, the colonists, um, shot the tiger into extinction through hunting. Um, the last animal died in captivity in 1936. Um, however, all is perhaps not lost because some thylacine babies were taken from the mother's pouches back in the day when, you know, you just... I guess that still happens, you know, take a sample of an animal. But um, they were taken back in the day and preserved in alcohol and kept in the Melbourne Museum. And in 2017, um, scientists from Melbourne University were able to use these specimens um, and actually sequence most of the genome of the thylacine babies. Um, and this was quite a huge breakthrough, which will give scientists now the blueprint on how to make a thylacine. Wow. Um, so there are three ways the project could potentially help to preserve the uh, mammal and marsupial species. And, you know, we've heard of some of these. They're so like cloning in which you actually need the cells of the animals so or a full set of chromosomes. So I've seen Star replicate. Wars and how it works. Yep. Yeah, yeah, of course oh. you do. <laughs> um, Backbreeding, which is a kind of selective breeding to produce characters of an animal. Characteristics, sorry. But um, obviously these two methods are no good for the thylacine as we don't have any actual thylacines um, alive. So since there is mostly intact uh, genetic sequence for the thylacine available, the tiger team hoped to use genetic engineering to make some thylacine babies. Now, is it that easy? So I'm going to read from the ABC News article, which explains um, pretty uh, well. Well, according um, to Jurassic Park, it's very easy. Well, obviously they're very advanced and have done it already. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so here's some reality for you. <laughs> so <laughs> now go. that we've sequenced the genome, what next? So does that mean we are ready for de-extinction? Not so fast. Mm. When animals die, their DNA becomes fragmented or broken up into shorter strands. The more deteriorated an animal's DNA, the more likely it is to be in many pieces. Genomics researcher Tom Gilbert from the University of Copenhagen explains it is similar to a book that's been put through a shredder. Your goal is to put the book back together, but you don't have any reference for what it's supposed to look like mm. when you're done. You know the order of the words. In the, in the fragments, but not the order of the fragments in the book. So then um, researchers think they can use the complete genome of a closely related living species as a kind of template to figure out how the, piece, the pieces of the extinct genome fit together. And luckily we do still have quite a few um, marsupials um, that are closely related to the thylacine. Mm -hmm. So... In this case, the living species would be the numbat. So the numbat is oh, a little, numbat. Yes. Wow. a cute little thing, runs yes. around, yes. <laughs> possum size, cool. I guess, about that size. Um, also got some little stripes on its back, carnivorous little thing. Um, don't pick one up. Has to um, be carnivorous, doesn't it? Welcome to Australia, everyone. Yes, <laughs> carnivorous marsupials. Um, I'm cute, but I have teeth. <laughs> yes, don't ever pick these things up. They're gorgeous, but they'll give you a good bite. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> it's estimated that 95% of the numbat's DNA is the same as the thylacine. Ah. And earlier this year, a group of a group called DNA Zoo Australia, based at the University of Western Australia, completed a chromosome-length 3D genome map of the numbat's genome. Wow. 
We have been trying to build the base which will enable the genetic rescue of existing species. So it also makes possible makes it possible to bring back the extinct thylacine. The idea is that they can first line up the the matching 95% of the two species DNA and then work out where the remaining 5% of the thylacine DNA fits into the puzzle. So if this can be done by finding short lengths of matching base pair sequences, which might indicate a starting point where a longer fragment that has varied enough through evolution can slot in. If they can map the complete thylacine genome, a process called CRISPR, which kind of builds up the DNA, um, can be used to alter the DNA in a numbat cell to code for the thylacine. And apparently this is all already being used to start making a new woolly mammoth, you know, bringing oh, wow. back the woolly oh, mammoth. Wow. Yes. So, um, oh, wow, I didn't know about that. That's, oh, my yes, goodness. Yes, yes. Um, I actually watched a documentary on this a while ago. It's pretty interesting because they have found intact woolly mammoths. They have. Preserved, That's right. yes. yes which preserved is, in ice, yeah. Yes, amazing. So, what about um, a saber-toothed tiger? I wonder if we could... Oh, if you had something preserved, you could potentially... I'm just about my childhood animals, sorry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> what about a sloth? No, wait, that's Ice Age. Hang on, sorry. We'll get to this. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, through the process, they've actually been able to um, um, identify genes that they believe define most significant woolly mammoth traits like long hair and a raised full forehead and they've already started the process um, and they're hoping that by um, 2027 they'll have like a woolly mammoth um, elephant hybrid so no way that would be oh amazing yes. yeah. me. Oh, so wow. back to the thylacine hopefully um, you know using once they've you know able to made, make up the full code you know and then using um, you know uh, biotechnology processes and, and technologies um, Eventually, hopefully, they'll be able to make some kind of, you know, an embryo and um, implant it into a surrogate mother. And they're thinking, you know, they're still studying what kind of surrogate mother species they could use. And they're thinking maybe the Dunart or Tassie Devil. Uh, Dunart is like this little rat or mouse, you know, type animal. It's also very bitey. Um, yeah, it has teeth, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully with some more research and improvement in, in the technology, Scientists will be able to bring back the thylacine, which would be amazing. Mm. And they they actually expect that this kind of process that they've started will be really commonplace in about a decade's time. So, um, you know, so this is really the beginning of the technology. They've come a really long way, as you you know we've read with the woolly mammoth, and um, yeah, so. We could see a, a Tassie tiger come back in in you know. Who knows in the next, you know, couple of decades maybe and mm. would be really cool. Um, imagine all the species that we've lost that p potentially, you know, uh, we could bring back. So I just thought I'd put it out there too, guys. What animals, you know, I think we kind of started that. Would you like, you know, would, what's your favourite thing that you'd like to bring back? Like what animal would you love to bring back? Only out of sheer curiosity, the yeah. dodo. Oh, yes, that's a good one. <laughs> Hunted that's to extinction one. in Mauritius, yeah. So yeah. out of sheer curiosity, I would just like to see a living dodo and see what, you know, something I could probably relate to as well. But, you know, yeah. but definitely, there's a moa you know, yeah. bird from New Zealand, which is quite similar, that's been hunted out to out of extinction. It was very large kind of 
bit more like a uh, cassowary type bird. I guess it was. Oh, cassowary. Yeah. Okay, so when they you said that, I was in danger. And meaty, yes. <laughs> Whoa. But I, I love the woolly mammoth idea, and obviously dinosaurs. Like, but I don't know if that's a, that's a realistic thing. Wow. The cassowary Lino, is just yeah. a velociraptor yeah. in disguise. Let's be honest. Yeah, uh, it's the only true. thing that doesn't have his teeth. <laughs> right, that's that's right. I mean, yeah. I have two dinosaurs in my backyard. My little chickens. <laughs> little chickens. The, the, yeah. Look, if you own chickens, there are some noises they make, which you just think. There's this particular squawk they do, which yeah. is look. That's a dinosaur sound. Dinosaur. I'm sorry, it's I not roaring, but it's it's a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. definitely have to listen to that because our next door neighbors has have four chickens. Listen it's out cute. for them. It's yeah. cute. I will. I will. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. For myself, Caroline, I I think I'm in the same vein as um the Tasmanian tiger. Yeah. Yeah. I was always always seeing pictures of it and think, and I think one time I asked Dad, "Hey, Dad, is there a Tasmanian tiger in, in Tassie?" He goes, "Son." Gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh. it's so sad, okay. isn't it? Just, yeah, it's like, oh, that's actually for me. It is a Tasmanian tiger. Yeah, dinosaurs like everyone else. Oh, you bit. know what? Dinosaurs would be I cool. Don't know. It it's the be. ultimate, really. Yeah, it's the ultimate. But I think we've seen too much Jurassic Park and just the, the what's it called? The um, theory of it. It's going to go. Oh, it's going to go iffy. You it might not be a good idea, but it would be yeah. super cool. It was super, it but you know what? Cool. There's 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 six movies, right? Mm. And in each movie, you know how it's going to go. I, exactly. Man meets I dinosaur. Think... Yeah. Man loses to dinosaur. Man has to run away. Man you know, gets eaten every by movie. dinosaur. <sighs> and and in fact, the next the the next movie that's coming out, the sixth one, is just basically dinosaurs dominating the world. It's even called Jurassic World Dominion. I like <laughs> so, that. Well, it's all all of them, both the movies that are the new the new set and the older set because yeah. um Sam Neill's back, of course um Sir Richard Attenborough can't be there because the people, yes oh no not Richard is no, it Richard? The, uh, David David no 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 David's still alive no. sorry Richard Sir Richard Attenborough Richard, yeah yeah yeah, yeah but um back. it's the older and new coming together yeah. which seems to be the same thing for every movie but anyway mm. that's part of the entertainment <laughs> section yes yeah <laughs> but, but you, yeah. you knew when you started this that this was going to turn into I a Jurassic know. Park but look, chat. Here, sorry sorry here's Caroline, another bit sorry. more extrapolated thinking um you know in terms of what you would do in in science class so. We picked what animal, what would we like? But now just say, for example, you did make a new dinosaur. Would it have the instincts that a dinosaur back in the day had to eat? Like, would would it be enough of a dinosaur, like, to know that it's carnivorous and it, it wants to hunt and all of that? Isn't that interesting? Like, how, even a thylacine, like, how does it? How would it know it's a thylacine? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, this was, and again, sorry to bring up Jurassic Park, but on a serious point, the Jurassic World movies were kind of hinting at this. Is like, we've made these creatures, but are they really dinosaurs? They're not, they're not the dinosaurs that, that lived, you know, millions of years That's ago. Right. Uh, or be, Yeah. That, so are they really dinosaurs was the question that, you know, that the, the movie was kind of in one of its themes getting at. And it's the same deal, like you were just saying, like if we made a thylacine, as cool as it is, would it be a thylacine? Or would it just be something that's been, for be- lack of a better word, programs, you know, genetically by, through genetic altered, engineering? Genetically yeah. manipulated, yeah. yeah. Engineered, yeah. Interesting, isn't it, though? Mm. It is. Yeah. It, it, can you do that, Caroline? Can you, was it, what's the DNA? It's been, I mean, they're trying. Yeah. They've got 95% of the sequence, which is quite a lot. But, you know, 5% can still, is still a lot, like, to fill in. And, you know, they, they have to get, I mean, I doubt they'll I mean I can't say I doubt but how do you know they're going to get that last five percent perfect like 
is it going to be as it actually was in the th the last five percent? Maybe if they could get DNA from a few different ones and fill in the gaps that way, um, you know. I mean, it mentions ninety five percent. I think they just got it from one, but I'm not sure if they got it from more. So I guess there's more work there, but you know, hopeful, hopeful, and um, quite interesting. So I'd be keen to see, even if it's mostly a thylacine. I think that would be amazing. Um, oh, definitely. You know, and imagine they're, they're reintroducing them to the environment again. I mean, you'd still have a, a mostly thylacine back in nature, which would be cool. Yeah. In in terms of, um, so I can see advantages in things like, uh, yeah. you know, for, um, especially for animals that might have been hunted by humans yes. out of, you know, um, out of existence and the effects that has on biodiversity, yeah, obviously, those, ecosystems, you know, yeah. which is so important as well. Yeah. You know, when we take something out or add something in, if we're not yeah. careful about it, it can actually upset everything. So, it does. And that's not the scientific way of putting it, but you know what I no, mean. No, you're right, though. So, it's balance, yeah, and, balance. And every species has a specific role in the ecosystem to play. Mm. So, yeah. um, so like Tasmania is quite... Uh, not remote, but it's it's a lot of it's untouched. And if you yes. could kind of reintroduce it into mm. where it sat before, I don't know what kind of a balance has gone out because of the yeah. thylacine leaving. But perhaps you know, if you reintroduce it, some kind of balance would be restored. Yeah, um, and there's even the yeah. the ethics of of reintroducing something back into the environment mm -hmm. and the effects it could have on human lives as well. True. Because, you know, so as we know that the, the food chain or, you know, biodiversity mm. affects, you know, it can affect the local environment, even the global environment possibly, and how that, and how that could yeah. affect the day-to-day -day living of human beings. And I'm not being, not like the extreme, yeah. like animals coming after us, but what I mean is just the, is just, you know, could it affect, for example, a food source or, the way mm. that the way that we farm, for example, you know, like for yeah. example, introducing you know dogs into particular settings, um, created this situation where now in Australia, for example, we have wild dogs that affect farms and affect farm animals and you know hunts farm, you know. So this the introduction or reintroduction, I guess they would have to balance the idea of how would this ultimately affect human lives? Because as cool as it would be to see a thylacine or a woolly mammoth or even a dinosaur, uh, that there's also the effect on the local community and the global community, I guess, that would need to be thought about well, too. Number one, introducing, reintroducing a cute thing back into the environment, tick for me. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's a tick for me too, yeah. Um, well, I mean, like in the case of, say, a thylacine where it was in the habitat before, I mean, just say now, you know, we've got more introduced species like cats and, and rats and things like that that we don't particularly want in the natural habitat because they do disrupt the natural ecosystem quite a bit. Perhaps a carnivorous animal like the thylacine would be helpful and just mm. go eat them up and, Snack you know, time. kind of, yeah. And then yeah. maybe other species who are in decline yeah. may reemerge, you know, and, and their populations grow larger. So there are uh, possible um you know, advantages as well. It's really fun to think yes, about though, isn't it? Is, it is, yeah. And in fact, you know what? I'd like to hear what our people who are yes. listening would have to say on Discord. Yes. <laughs> SQPN.com slash Discord. Sign up today. I would love to hear more of this um, discussion. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for that, Caroline. That was a, I really enjoyed that topic. Let's Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science. And find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash oz. 
be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest.